Okay. I think, fingers crossed. I think we are, I think we are live. Carrie, are you unmuted? There you go. Hi. I'm Excellent. Welcome everyone to Deprogrammed on Unsafe Space live every Thursday at 11. Uh -oh. And uh, hit the subscribe button. Don't forget. What? Can you not hear me now? We're going to have technical issues. Uh, I can hear you now. Okay. It was like for a second, you were way delayed. Sometimes we have massive technical issues. Um, yeah. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button um, right over there in the right, right hand corner. Go hit it. Um, and uh, yeah, you can, you can go to unsafespace.com for a whole bunch of stuff. You can support us by going to subscribe star. Look for unsafe space there. Um, yeah, I don't know. We we usually have guests on deprogrammed, but not usually. Sometimes. Mm. <laughs> I think over fifty percent of the time we have guests on deprogrammed. Okay. And and I like having guests. I want to have guests. Um, but we also want to really have this discussion today because it's been a point of contention between me and Carrie in a friendly way. And also, for those of you who want to have an interview, want to hear us interview someone, we did just do an interview with Dr. Rachel Fulton Brown and from the University of Chicago. And I will post that later today. It's edited. It's done. I finished editing it, editing it last night. So we had a, what, Carrie, it was almost a two-hour discussion with her. It was a long. It was a long. long yeah. Yeah. It but it was great. great. Yeah, she's, I, she's amazing. She's one of my heroes. I put her in the same, you know, we talked to a lot of brave people. I'd say the the ones who really um, blow me away sometimes are the ones who are just like seem fearless in the face of constant attack. And so uh, she, she may, she, I would put her in the same category as like Megan Murphy, who we talked to in that regard, or um, uh, Julian Davis and just being, you know, I'm going to seek and speak the truth, no matter what people think about me or talk, say about me. And yeah, she's great. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. So, um, yeah, so go, we can check that out later today. Carrie, maybe while we're sitting here, because well, there's not really people in chat right now, so I, we can wait for a sec. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna tweet out the link, to, the live link to everyone and say, hey, here we are, just in case people want to check it uh, out. Oh, I guess then I can pull up the chat. Yes, I'm pulling up the chat also. See all the, the things? If we had a fancy producer, we could be talking about stuff while this is on. <laughs> uh, but I will do it now. Okay. We're live. Here's the, here's the URL world. Uh, alrighty. Done. Okay. I've, I found that I could, uh, at the gym yesterday that the treadmill machines, I could um, put put them on YouTube and I could watch whatever I wanted and have to watch the stupid CNN. <laughs> <laughs> it's exciting. So yesterday I watched a bunch of triggering. I watched some bearing. <laughs> Keith is pointing out that nobody is here in chat. So Keith, you're not supposed to say that. You, it's, it's unspoken. You can't say that. Now we have to call attention to our vacant chat. It's okay. It won't be vacant forever. People come in. They just don't come in early. So, by the way, I'm gonna 
I'm going to drink this crappy yerba mate. They, they can't find the one I like. They're out of it. So I'm going to try this new one. He froze. Go, hey. He froze up. Okay, there you are. All right. Carrie, let's talk. Let's talk. So this, so first we should tell people Godwin's law will be triggered today. Um, we're going to talk about Hitler. There's no way to not talk about evil people without talking about Stalin and Hitler and some of those people. So I'm, I'm definitely Godwin's lying. I'm violating Godwin's law today. Um, carry the impetus for this discussion, I guess is the best way to put it, is you and I have had a disagreement about specifically calling social justice warriors evil. I'm much more apt to say they're evil people. And you're much more apt to say, no, 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 no. They're good people with good intentions. They I just, don't say good. Whatever. They're misled. They're misled people. Right. I'm trying to put words in your mouth. They're, they have good intentions, though, you do say. And they're they're just misled. Um, so that's that's the origin of this discussion. And I guess we can get into some specifics, but I first want to just back up and make sure we're kind of on the same page on a few basic things. Um, is it okay to call anyone evil? Like, is Hitler evil in your book? It's okay, right? I guess so. Yes, I think it's okay to call some people evil, especially in the third person. Um, you wouldn't call Hitler evil to his face, but well, it depends on what I was trying to do. Would, would I? Am I sitting having a conversation with him, trying to convince him? I don't know. To stop committing evil, then I probably wouldn't call him evil to his face. I would talk about his actions being. Yeah, evil. but you're not okay. You're not a negotiator. That's no, no, but that's my point is it's a big difference between third person and second person. I, I, third person and directly talking with someone. I've, I, I, I was in a conversation with someone yesterday who, and when I said my kindness was <laughs> in low supply, um, this horrible person. Now, in the third person, I'm going to tell you this person's horrible. She's awful. She's a bully. She behaves in a bullying way. She, um, she's an SJW, of course, uh, completely myopic and hypocritical and like engages in the worst kind of projection where she's just literally referring to the person that she's um attacking and bullying in a hateful way as being hateful like and not even seeing that it's that it's her and this other person receiving it was like not giving it back to her was actually being very civil in response despite being called names and stuff so I mean, this person's awful now in the third person when i talk to you about her would i be like she horrible? Yes. <laughs> well, but that's the only part of the conversation we're having. We're not having a, what's the best way to talk to someone face to face? Because we've never argued about that. I've never said you should go tell people you're evil as a way to like convince them of anything. That's right. the, what, what has happened is they're evil. And you'd be like, well, no, they're not all evil. Don't say well, that. Well, they're not right? all. They're not all. This woman I'm talking about is, but they're not all. A lot of them have good intent. This woman, I do not believe. It's fine. That. I just want to. Yeah. There's such a delay, Carter. You keep freezing at it. I think it might be on my end. Yeah. No. Um. There's a very real case of. of oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Say something. You're frozen again. Let me shut down all my other windows. Oh, the delay is for everyone, huh? 
Yeah, and you're frozen in place right now. Okay, there okay, you go. Carrie. Yeah. Carrie, I just my wireless networks in case it was a wireless network problem. Okay. So good. if it still happens, I'm not sure what I can do about it. But okay. Uh, yes, uh, C Brown said that he can hear he or she. I don't know who C Brown is. Can hear the she. delay as well. She. Thank you, sir. Sir can Z Z can hear the delay. Hey. Um. So this became. It came a real thing because specifically. If you can hear me, you're totally frozen in place. Okay. Um, I don't know, Carter. I'm going <laughs> to. Well, it's always something. Maybe I should try to leave and come back. <laughs> okay, guys, if you're still watching, it's me. It's Carrie. Today's deprogrammed with Carrie and. Carter, who's back. <laughs> okay. You know what? Uh, and why don't you entertain everyone for a while? I'm going to just reboot my entire computer. I don't like it. This only happens at Thursdays during deprogrammed. Every other time we do this, I am fine. But Thursdays during deprogrammed, I don't know what the fuck it is. I'm so frustrated. I'm going to, I'm going to reboot. Okay. Well, I've got some quotes that I want to Okay, I've got some quotes I wanted to read anyway. So um, I'll catch you up when you come back. But I wanted to read these because I was thinking about it yesterday in preparing for this conversation that we're going to have about um, the way that people, the way that good people can be convinced to participate in evil or people who are otherwise, who have good intentions. And so there's a, there's a lot of quotes that I've been collecting over the past couple of years. And yesterday I started reorganizing them in a certain order. And I thought this was a really great order. So I'm gonna read some of these if you guys don't mind. Um, Our blight is ideologies. They are the long expected antichrist. Okay, that was a Carl Jung quote. Um, this one, which I'm sure some of the people who watch our show have heard before, which is um, to do evil, a human being must first of all believe that what he's doing is good. Fortunately, it's in the nature of the human being to seek a justification for his actions. Ideology, that is what gives evil doing its long sought justification and gives the evildoer the necessary steadfastness and determination. That is the social theory which helps to make his acts seem good instead of bad in his own and in others' eyes. That was how the agents of the Inquisition fortified their wills by invoking Christianity, the conquerors of foreign lands by extolling the grandeur of their motherland, the colonizers by civilization, the Nazis by race, and the Jacobins early and late by equality, brotherhood, and the happiness of future generations. Thanks to ideology, the 20th century was fated to experience evildoing on a scale calculated in the millions. Without evildoers, there would have been no archipelago. And that was Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Um, and then this one, this is a C.S. Lewis quote that again, I think just flows perfectly from the other two. Um, of all tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It would be better to live under robber barons than under omnipotent moral busybodies. The robber baron's cruelty may sometimes sleep. His cupidity may at some point be satiated. But those who torment us for our own good will torment us without end, for they do so with the approval of their own conscience. Um, so these quotes, I mean, and, and there's a couple more about how to, how to stop tyranny. I mean, there's a quote, Alexander Solzhenitsyn quote about a single person who stops lying can bring down a tyranny. 
um, the George Orwell quote, uh, in times of universal deceit, telling the truth will be a revolutionary act. Um, these things I think are really important to what we see happening right now with SJW ideology and how far it's, it's bled into the mainstream because I think a lot of people who push it, they actually do believe they're doing good. I completely agree with this Solzhenitsyn quote, which is that in order to do evil, to do some of the most evil things possible, you have to first believe that it's, that it's actually a good thing that you're doing. Um, and so when Carter and I, who hopefully will be back in a second, uh, when Carter and I disagree about this, I think it's, I think it's most often because either we're we're disagreeing about um, whether or not we're talking about a person, you know, in a direct conversation with them, or if we're talking about them in the third person, because I don't, like I said, I don't think it helps when I'm talking to someone to call them evil. Um, but I also think we disagree about there being two types of people who support this belief system. So there are the people who I would call evil in the third, in the third person, you, you know, when I'm not discussing with them, but then there are the people who I just don't believe they, they are not evil. Have they been convinced to support and to preach an evil belief system? Yes. Yes. But that doesn't, that doesn't reflect on their soul for lack of a better word. Like, and I think those people can be swayed. So I think that that, distinction is important because because some of the they have the same in hope in some cases the ones i'm talking about that i don't think are evil they have the same desired end goals as me the our why is the same it's just that our what and our our how are different are you back carter well, well we don't know i think i'm back i okay. hear i heard your explanation <laughs> Um, you missed all the great quotes, but I can believe that. There yeah. seem to be some great quotes, or okay. people like responding to the quotes. Um, so I, I, uh, I heard the, the tail end of this. So here's the thing: um, I'm not arguing that you should call people evil to their face if you're trying to convince them. That's just stupid. That's not my argument. My argument is that it is important to be able to call people evil in society. It's an important. It's important to be able to do that. And the question is, when do we do that? So for example, one of the reasons it's, it's important to be able to do that is what, a, a thing that bothers me, for example, people will call Kim Jong-un crazy. He's not crazy, he's evil. Crazy releases him from moral responsibility for his actions. Crazy is a way to say like, wow, can't blame him, he's just a loon, right? He's not crazy, he's evil. Hitler wasn't crazy, Hitler was evil. And evil is a way, to call someone evil is to pass a summary judgment on, on their actions in general. It doesn't mean they're always evil, right? For all I know, Hitler was nice to his mother or something, I don't know, right? I mean, people, people can be, you can be like, go home to your wife and kids and be a good dad and then you know go to Auschwitz and kill people. Like th that can happen. You're still an evil person. And you're, you're called evil because the some of your actions, the, the kind of math of adding up your actions, yes, it's nice that you patted some dog on the head and you gave a homeless guy five bucks, but you went and killed 20 people today. That outweighs whatever nice things that you've done. And it's through your actions that we judge people, not through their, not through what they want to do. If you go down this path where like, well, they meant well, well, they were our hearts in this, this the right place, or they had, we have similar goals. 
you could literally make the argument that Stalin meant well or that Hitler meant well. You don't know what people actually mean. They might mean well, but be totally, totally uh, wrong and pushing an ideology that is itself evil. And they thus become evil. You become evil through your actions, not through what you say or what you mean to do. There's a quote in uh, there's a quote in V for Vendetta that I love, where he goes and he's going to kill uh, Deirdre, the the coroner, and she's feeling remorse. She was evil, and she turned into good. She's trying to. She realized she had been evil in the past, and she was trying to. Um, come to terms with that. And she was feeling very guilty. And she describes to him like, well, I meant to do this and I wanted to do this. And he says something very simple, which is profound and true. He says, I've not come for what you hoped to do. I came for what you did. That's what matters. Actions matter. So some social justice person who just believes it all and thinks it all, and that's fine. Would I call them evil? No, I would call them wrong. Someone who spends their career pushing it is evil because that's the action that they have chose to make the center of their life, pushing an evil ideology. And the I reason disagree. to call them evil is because ostracizing works. I disagree. Well, let me finish. Ostracizing people work, works. The reason that we have, so the way to peacefully separate people and put social pressure is to ostracize them. It's why you say so-and-so is evil or so-and-so is this or whatever. It's, it places pressure on them. And when you don't, when you have, for example, a friend who is a career social justice warrior or pushing social justice ideology, and you don't ostracize them, you don't say they're evil. I'm not going to sanction their behavior anymore. They get to go home and think, oh, I guess I'm, I am pretty good after all. I'm not... They don't have to face any ostracization. Everyone around you sees that you don't ostracize them. And I think you lose a hell of a lot of credibility by saying social justice is bad, but I'm buddy buddies with people who push it for a living. No, well, no, I'm buddy buddies. I mean, that I don't know what that means, but am I friends with some people who push it for a living? Yes. And do right, I believe and, it's and that's my argument? You shouldn't be. Well, I think you're completely wrong. And I think you're full of crap. <laughs> I know you do, but you need to, let's have a discussion other yeah, than- Yeah, I will, I will. Which is, um, your method is never going to change hearts and minds, ever. What's that, Martin? That's not, that is absolutely no, not true. No, it is true. No, it is true. Listen, yes, you will not. I do not believe that you um, that you change. What's the Martin Luther King Jr. quote? You, um, What is it? Like, the dark cannot drive out the darkness. Hatred cannot drive out hatred. Only love can do that. There are people with whom I have- a loving relationship and they still believe what I used to believe. And by the way, I used to push this professionally. Like you said, I pushed it. I was a, I was a comedy manager. I worked in entertainment. I managed comedians and I was a television film and web content producer. And everything I did in that world that I was trying to push my beliefs through entertainment because I thought that was the way to create a better world and to end racism and sexism. And I thought this is the way to do good in the world. I thought I was doing good. That's why that quote resonates with me so much. Now, do I believe that I was pushing an evil ideology now in retrospect? Yes. 
Do I think I was an evil person back then? No. And that's a big difference. And I have friends who are like me who are still pushing it, who did not have that. Can I clarify something quickly? Yeah. Um, when I say, I would have said, yes, you were an evil person. And now you're a good person and you recognize that you were <laughs> and you are trying to, you're trying to atone for your evil. Carter, I am not a good person. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm. I don't want to get religious, but okay. like, whatever. Like you are, you recognize that you were, you were evil and you tried to make up for it. Cause people, we do allow people to atone. So when I say someone's evil, I don't mean they are irredeemably evil for now and forever and can never not be an evil person. I mean, the way to judge their actions now, the summary of who they are now is they're evil. Someone who's like, so let, let me ask you, let me ask you another question. Cause, cause to me, this is the same thing. If you knew someone who believed in Nazism and was running a school for Hitler youth out of the goodness of their heart, because they thought that this was the right thing, would you say, wow, I don't, I don't want to call them evil. That's, that's going a step too far. They're think, good people. No, I did. Again, I wouldn't say good people. That's okay, so what, are, what, what are they? It Do you not call them evil? It depends on the person. No, it depends it on their actions. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Okay. So this is our fundamental thing. You think what makes someone evil or not evil is their intent. And I do not. I and I think it, you're, a, it's a slippery slope if you do the intent thing. Is that true? Am I characterizing your position correctly? Uh, yeah, I do think intent matters. I think, and actually SJWs like to say that intent doesn't matter, but, uh, but to me it does because people who have the a shared, okay, so I just, I know I've mentioned it, but whenever I read a book, it's like that book is the book that's most recent on my mind. So I just finished reading uh, Love Your Enemies by Arthur Brooks. And he talks about finding your shared why with people. Um, now he specifically is talking about how to change this culture of contempt that we find ourselves in, where we are the most polarized since, since that we've been since the civil war. People are, are, in polls, we are the most divided we've ever been since the Civil War. And sure. we're more likely to believe that the other side is evil now than we used to be. Like the, the numbers have skyrocketed where it's not just people believe, oh, the people who disagree with me are wrong. They believe those people are evil. Well, when you believe someone is evil, one problem with this is that when you believe someone is evil, it makes it harder to view them as uh, like part of a, a system of compromise. So like Republicans and Democrats, for example, I'm just going to roughly, yeah. roughly speaking, let's say people on the right and left, you need each other. You need each other to have a system that works because you're going to balance each other's views. And you're going to, if, I if don't you, think really, I even agree with that. you don't think you agree with that? <laughs> well, okay. Well think about it in the way that Pete Jordan Peterson talks about it, which is that, um, people who are more, um, you've got some people, liberal people tend to be higher on the openness scale, right? Like they're, they're yes. more creative. And then people on the right, mm -hmm. typically on average, tend to be more industrious and more conscientious and they're, they have great, better work ethic. And so he's like, you know, for example, if you have a company, you want both of those types of people, you want creative people and you want the people who have good work ethic because they're going to balance each other out and work together well. But if we're, if we're living in a place where 
we're only associating with people who are like us or believe what we do. And we think anyone who believes differently is necessarily evil. Then it's like, we don't, we don't view them as human anymore. We don't view them as, as you're mischaracterizing what I said. I did I, not, I'm not mischaracterizing what you said. I'm talking about this book. Okay. Okay. I didn't say okay. that to be clear. No, I didn't say you did. Okay. Okay. I'm talking about this book. Okay, so, fair. um, so this book deals with this question of evil as well, because, because in this book, he's making the case that we are too quick to write people off as evil. And when we do that, we're going to, we just become more polarized and we can't, we're not able to work together. It ends up in this inevitable place of civil war or, you know, so, so the purpose of his book is to help people. I would say the purpose, purpose of his book is to help people um, learn to, well, it's called love your enemies. It's about like approaching people that you, that you disagree with vehemently with love. And it's about trying to change contempt and, and change it to compassion and to operate from a place of compassion. I realize that's different than what you're talking about. I'm just bringing it up because it's interesting. And that's also, that also affects kind of what I think about calling yeah. people evil. Well, and go ahead. I couldn't tell you froze for a second. So I thought you were done, but I don't know if you were. Uh, I was just saying it also affects like what's on my mind when I approach this discussion, because um, do I think that there are some people he, he doesn't go to a place of like, what about the people who are actually committing evil, right? Like he doesn't go there. And I, and one of the failings of the book, I think, is that he doesn't acknowledge the that it's not just a matter of people who disagree with one another, calling each other evil, that there actually are, there's a, a large and growing ideology on the left that is that is a very evil ideology he kind of talks about how the extremes are very small on each side but we treat each other like we're all the extremes i'm like the extremes on the left are not very small anymore <laughs> like the the extreme is at least at least maybe not in terms of numbers but in terms of power and influence and voice that ideology is predominant on the left now and it is an evil ideology you and i agree on that yeah no i we agree on the evil evil ideology I, I want to, I lost my train of thought. I, so one of the biggest threats to Western civilization right now, by the way, I think it's funny that the atheist is arguing for more objective morality and you're more of a moral relativist on this, but that's a separate issue. Um, <laughs> one of the biggest threats to Western civilization right now is not that people don't stand for what they believe in and call out evil when they see it. That's not a big threat. A big threat is moral relativism. Moral relativism, and it's it, moral relativism is a tool used by the uh, nihilists and by what Jordan Peterson would call neo-Marxists. Moral relativism, moral relativism is, is used specifically so they can sidestep being morally condemned for their actions. And that, the philosophy of moral relativism, I mean, one of the reasons that uh, one of the reasons that a lot of religious right is upset, like the Dennis Prager video that I, I did a thing about a few weeks ago, they're worried that without God, I mean, again, I'm an atheist, but the, the argument is that without God, you only have moral relativism, and that's scary and recognizes a really bad thing. Moral relativism is horrible. And on that, I agree with Prager. I don't agree that you need God to, to have objective morality, but I do agree that moral relativism is horrible. And we've got 
most most uh, secular philosophers are more moral relativists. A lot of people are, and moral relativism has permeated our society. To uh, we have a moral relativist cancer. It's pretty deep. It runs pretty deep, and so I am not arguing that hey, you need to go tell it. You need to go say everyone who disagrees with me is evil. They're not. They just disagree with you. I I completely agree with that. However, um. Because I think moral relativism is a threat, I think it's important to be able to stand firm on moral grounds and judge people based on their actions. And again, I'm not saying if someone's evil, I'm not saying they're irredeemably evil. I'm not saying they can't change, right? But um, I I think to call a person evil, so you could do an evil thing, like you could have let's say in a, in a moment of passion, you do something, you hit someone or you, you know, even murder someone, right? As a society, we allow that to be a, redeem, a somewhat redeemable offense. We're like, okay, you know, you did an evil act, kind of think you're a bad person because you murdered someone. But, you know, if you immediately atone for it and you're really sorry and you change your life massively and you really try and make up for it, not that you can ever make up for it, but if, if you really treat it with significance later and demonstrate your... Uh, recognition of that evil and have been and are a changed person, then later in life we can say like, yeah, this is a good person now. He 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 was a really evil person in his youth. He did these things and he whatever he did, he you know went through some program. He came to Jesus as an oft, often often one of the things right. He found Jesus. He blah, 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 whatever it is now and then we now we say he's a good person. So it's not saying someone evil is not irredeemable, but it is. It needs to be a judgment on their actions for one simple reason. You don't know people's motivations. You will never know why they do something. The fact that they say why they do something is also rarely the, re- the real reason. Usually most people are acting out of uh, psychological drivers and using rationalizations to justify their behavior. So Right, but I think it's possible to know a person. That's why I said it depends on the person. I'd have to know who they are and know them. Like this, this friend of mine who you and I disagree about, the one who teaches this system to kids or has a okay so i i know her well enough to know like i love her do you know what i mean like no i don't know what you mean what do you love what do you love about this woman who is pushing social justice ideology on our children what to love about this woman is she nice to dogs well she is nice to dogs but that's not why i love her her? (laughs) why do you love anyone for their values for the values yeah, they she represent. She and I have the same why. Everyone has the same why. You, if you go high no. enough, everyone's got the same why. I, I'm, I want there to be world peace. Everyone wants world peace. No, but she, I mean, uh, maybe. I actually don't think everyone wants world peace. Like you said, I think there are a lot of people who have very bad intent. Sure, some people don't, but. Right. She, this, this person, sincerely, it is my belief, sincerely, because it's, she's not just someone I know casually, believes that this is the way to end evils okay so she how is she any different than me it's just that what i believe now is different that's moral relativism speaking that's what that is and that's a danger and the left will use that moral relativism against you because they'll call you evil all fucking day long they'll call you a nazi and a fascist and an evil whatever they'll call every every name in the book they'll call right you. but so how do you set yourself it's apart from them then losing. 
the reason that the, the right sucks and the reason the right loses is because the right has conceded to moral relativism. They did no. it a long time ago. No, actually, I, I mean, I don't know if I agree with that because I think I think you have to offer people something different if you if you're asking them to make a leap into change. So if I'm saying, hey, what you guys are doing is wrong because you just you you just call anyone who disagrees with you evil, but you know you're evil. <laughs> like it's not like I'm offering them anything different. You have to behave. You have to model behavior that's different. Well, I'm not saying that you, you do that instead of an argument. I'm not, I'm not saying you call them evil instead of an argument. You you say, look, these are the things you're doing. Every morning you wake up, you go to work, you whip little children and beat puppies. That makes you an evil person. Those are the things that make you evil. Those are bad acts. You've made them part of your life. It's consistent. Well, it's not like a one examples thing. because those those are not good examples. I mean, we all agree whipping puppies is evil. I'm, this we all agree that indoctrinating kids with social justice and turning right. them into racists is evil. No, we don't because that's not what she believes she's doing. And just like, okay, so I don't I, kicking puppies is evil. Like you could make the same argument. That's moral relativism. If you believe no. it's evil, then you have to say it's evil and you can't forgive other people and say, well, they have a different moral system. Therefore, it's not evil for them. It doesn't matter. If you believe it's wrong to kick a puppy, then it's wrong to kick a puppy. Yeah, of course. We're not talking about kicking puppies. We're talking about what beliefs. If she, says she kicks puppies because she thinks it's good. Doesn't. She doesn't. Can we talk about what's really happening? Because you're made, you're creating a hypothetical that I think is ridiculous. Like, why? Let's, because it's ridiculous. Let's take a I real. Why create? Up. Why create a hypothetical when there's a real thing we can talk about? Like that doesn't make any sense. Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to pick something that will resonate with you because to me, as a parent, I think I would rather that person wake up every day and kick puppies all day long than indoctrinate kids into racism. That is less evil to me. Okay. My point is though that you're not from her point of view, she is not teach indoctrinating kids into something evil. She is teaching kids how to end evil. That is what she believes. What I believe I'm doing with this podcast is teaching people how to end evil, is teaching people how to fight this evil ideology. So but you're stuck in moral relativism. No, I'm not. No, I'm not because I used to be where she was at. So how am I God, Carter, it's like it's like you don't offer any path out of hell for people at all. It's like just stay in hell. You're a hellish. I'm not, I'm not offering a path out of hell. You're not hearing me. I'm offering paths out of hell. Well, look, let me let me ask you this. This is in the comments. Somebody's pointed this out. I feel like this is a personally, sometimes I feel like this is a pointless conversation because as someone says in the comments, mm. why is it so important to call a person evil or not evil? It, isn't it just enough to say they're doing evil? Exactly. It's not important. No, for it's me not. To call. No. No, why? it is important. Why? Right. It is important. Why? It gets back to how society, peaceful societies function. They function through ostracism instead of the gun. So instead of forcing people to do things by fiat or using guns, i.e. the government, to force people to behave in certain ways, you implement behavioral norms and you ostracize people who consistently break those norms and you label them as a shortcut so that people know, oh, that's for, for example, that guy's a cheat. You don't have to date him. Don't bother with him. That guy's a cheat. Is he a cheat because he cheated once? I don't know. Maybe that's a separate discussion. But if he consistently cheats on girls, the other girls say, well, that guy's a cheat. And they don't have to explain it. They don't have to say, well, he has cheating behavior. 
he gets Actually, a label. Labels are useful. Labels are useful intellectually. Labels are very useful to, to take an abstract concept and, and classify it. And you can say, okay, well, that guy needs to be avoided. And in order for him to gain the respect and come back into the community, he has to demonstrate that his behavior has changed, that he has made a monumental change as a human being, and he's no longer the person that he was. In, in, we're never the person that we were yesterday. We're constantly changing as human beings. So he has to demonstrate that he's changed the kind of person he is. And ostracism is the way that society holds together. And without ostracism, you have to have laws and guns. That's what happens. You get leftists saying, we need to force people to say these things and talk to people this way and use this language and do it. Like That all comes from not ostracizing people. It, it comes from moral relativism, oddly enough, being afraid to say, it's not, I think you, I think people are reacting too much to calling someone evil. Like, why not? Why because, not call someone evil? Because why? It doesn't get you anywhere. And it, why not? And it, it doesn't get you because it doesn't work. It's not practical. And by the way, it's, it's funny. You, no, it's not practical. It's their behavior. It's a behavior. No. It's a then talk about their behavior. Don't talk about them. But it's funny you're saying this because I actually had a conversation with a friend last night in which it's funny. I was I said to him, I have previously called you a liar and a cheat. <laughs> but you are not a liar and a cheat. You are someone who has cheated and lied. And if you start to think of yourself as a liar and a cheat, and I am sorry I've called you that because that is not your identity. And if you lock yourself into that identity, I am a liar and a cheat, like it can be hard to change your behavior because you start to believe that's who you are. And so I actually apologized to this person because I was like, I should not have made that. Well, I, think, I think we're, I think we're, I think we're having two different, I think we're having two different conversations in some sense. Because I think when I say calling someone evil, you think, well, calling them evil isn't going to bring them to bring them around directly. And I, and I think you're right about that. I think I think if you go up to people and say you're evil, that's not a great conversation opener. They're probably not going to be like, well, what do you think I should do? <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's that's not going to that's not going to go over well. However, um, two things. One is. You live in a society with so even the people that I'm talking about, there aren't that many. Even I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about all social justice warriors. There aren't actually that many who make it a career. It's not a huge number of people in society that I'm suggesting, I well, I call evil. There are a lot of people who are bystanders. There are a lot of people who see them, who see me, who see you, who see people around them. And when they see that, for example, if I say, Social justice is an evil ideology, but this person who's made it their career to push social justice is not evil. I'm not willing to call them evil. Then the, the punishment, the social punishment that they get is pretty mild. Why not practice evil? So, but if I call them evil, other people around go, oh, why is that person being called evil? When someone's called evil, people react to it. They're like, well, why are they called evil? Am I evil? What is, what is it about that? What, are the, what actions did they do to be called evil, that's a that's a harsh judgment. Calling someone evil means not just you did these actions that are evil, but you do these actions that are evil consistently over and over again with knowledge. You're devoted to doing these actions over and over again, regardless of what your reasons are. And and that's there needs to be a distinction between he did some bad things and he does bad things as a way of life, right? 
And that's the distinction. That's why you call someone evil. People around see that they're called evil and they react to that. But if you're if you just run around saying, well, I'm not going to call anyone evil. I'm just going to say they sometimes do bad things. You don't appear to be someone who is confident enough in your morality that anyone wants to get behind at that point. It's like, well, yeah, but what's he going to do? He's never going to call me evil. I can do anything I want. I'll never be evil. I'll just be a person who did some evil things like, OK, fine, whatever. We all do evil things. Right. That's you've DS, you've you've whitewashed it to some extent. Calling someone evil is a is a condemnation of their their not any particular actions that they're doing, but it's a condemnation of their chosen way of life. It's the, it's the actions that they're choosing to do consistently. And I think it's important to point that out. And I think it's important if you have kids, it's important for your kids to see like, oh, my parents don't sanction evil. This person that is evil doesn't come over for dinner. This person that does all these evil things, like if I were friends with the person you're talking about, my daughter's head would explode. If, if I had this person over for dinner, she'd be like, dad, this person is like a racist pushing all this crap all the time. That's what they do for their living. Why are they in our house eating our food? What, what am I going to say? Well, that's important for intellectual debates. But in the real world, I don't care enough about morality to actually condemn them. I'm just going to, they, they, you know, I like the way they smile and we have some shared memories. So we're going to hang out. Uh, you're, you're muted, Carrie. I can't oh, hear that's, you. No, that's not what it is. It's that you don't care enough about them to help them help change their mind by loving them. How do you think, think um, Daryl Davis pulled 200 people out of the KKK? It wasn't through refusing to invite them over for dinner. He, he befriended them. He became friends with these people. He loved these people. And they sure, left I, if they I was on the crusade to convince this person, then I might say, well, we're going to convince her she's evil. But It doesn't have to be a crusade. It could just be a way of life. It's, I'm not making it my crusade to change her mind. If she changes her mind, great. If she doesn't, great. But I'm not going to stop loving her because... Well, then what does your love mean? It means that... Oh, it means that I am trying to meet her where she is. But, no, but who wants your but, love? No, given let me finish. Let me finish. I'm trying to meet her where she is, but treat her as if she was where she should be. <laughs> There's a, it's a great quote. I'm, I'm mangling it, but I've heard that quote before. It's like, I cannot, I cannot pretend like, um, I mean, I think, I think there's something very arrogant and judgmental about being like, I'm going to cut off every single person who believes in this ideology I used to believe in, and they're never going to have dinner at my home. They're different. People are individuals. They're different. She is not the same as I can, I can list, I can list on one hand, maybe the SJWs like her, who I do not consider professional SJWs who I do not consider evil versus a bazillion that I know who I do consider evil, but they're, they're individuals. I'm not going to treat her the same way I treat this abhorrent person over here, you know, who's, who's behaved in a different way. Do they both push the same thing through their work? Yes. They both push the same belief system. Are they different people with different hearts? Yes. So, so I mean, you're Nazi? asking me not to treat her like an individual. So would you befriend an actual Nazi? Maybe. And you would be like, yeah, that's okay. I don't want to call you evil. No, that's not, I mean, you're reducing it to something. I, I would, she knows what I feel about her belief system. I mean, she, she watches the, I, mean, I guess my question is like, what are your standards? Like, to, so this is what I asked. I, I asked this, uh, it sounds bad, but I like, 
what does your love mean? If you give out love for things that are not values, what value is your I don't. love? I don't. She, you and I do? disagree fundamentally that she has bad values. She doesn't. She does have bad values. She doesn't. She has, she has good values. She has a very, very backwards idea of how to fulfill those values. I had good values when I was in SJW. I wasn't doing it because I thought I wanted to push racism. My well, values were to end those things. This ideology takes people and corrupts, corrupts them because it makes them, it convinces you that what you're doing is the exact opposite of what you're doing. It tells you, Hey, the way to end these society's ills is to do X, Y, and Z. And then it, a lot of people are peddling the, the very things they think they're fighting, but they do believe they're fighting them. Yeah. But so now we're, I think we're getting into territory of what a value is. Values isn't stuff you say and feel. Values is reflected by what you choose to do in your actions. So you can say, I value uh, going to the gym and being fit. But if you never, ever go to the gym and all you do is eat ice cream, you don't value going to the gym and being fit. You don't value that. You can say that, but it is not true. And so someone who says, I value ending racism, but pushes social justice, does not value ending racism. I disagree. They are completely, they are completely capable I disagree. of understanding. I disagree. It's like saying, um, like, I really want to go to grandma's house and someone gives me a map to a different place, but I think I'm on my way to grandma's house the whole time. I still really want to go to grandma's house. That doesn't change because somebody's giving me a wrong roadmap and I'm following the wrong directions. It, it like, does because the reason that the reason that analogy breaks down is when you, when you, are talking about morality, you have an obligation. So one of the hallmarks of actually not being evil is using your own judgment and being responsible for, for making the decisions yourself about morality. That's one of the hallmarks of not being evil. And if you can't do that, then you don't, you don't get to get out of the consequences of your actions. Again, what the thing- time to you though? If you can't do that, you, time is, like, like, when do you have to do that? At what time, at what expiration point? I wasn't saying, doing that no, before I did that. Can change. I'm saying people can right. change. So then I'm why are they're you? Evil. They're evil now. They won't be evil later if they change. I've said that. <laughs> I've said that. so arrogant. You do. It's not arrogant. Again, it gets back to this question of like, the logic that you're using justifies Hitler because... He can say, I mean well. Meaning well is irrelevant. It is irrelevant to some degree, yes. It's not irrelevant to me when evaluating if I'm going to cut my friend out of my life or not. Her intent is relevant to me in that case. Sure, but if you talk to her about it and she evades and doesn't understand the evil of her ways, eventually a consistent pattern of evading the truth, I would assume diminishes her value as a friend to you. Well, it's funny. Last time I've been up with her, we didn't really have to talk about this this much because we have so much. We we know, I know what she believes. She knows what I believe. We know how vehemently we are opposed. You know what we actually talked about? How to heal the divide. And dogs and salad. But we talked about how to how heal the divide. About that. How did you talk about healing the divide? Well, again, I had just finished reading this book. And so we talked about a shared why versus different what's and how's. 
because that's something he talks about in the book, like mm-hmm. finding your shared why, but you have a very, very fundamentally, and in the, in the case with me and her, we have, I believe, a common why. We just have a very radically different idea of what. Um, but because we have that shared why, I don't view her as evil. Like, and she doesn't view me as evil. So we're able to have conversations without it devolving. And one of the things we talked about was like, well, like the thing that I've, that I'd started, that's kind of, I've let dwindle for a little bit, but I've just decided we're doing one in July and I'm going to email <laughs> people about now. But sure you civil- are. No, we are, but civility dinners, that's the, when you're in person. So I was in person with her at lunch. When you're in person with someone, it is so much harder for you to dehumanize them. And it is so much um, it, it lends itself towards you. If, if you really want to, it lends itself towards you trying to understand them better. She wants to understand why I believe what I believe. Like I want to understand why she still believes what she does. Like it's not, um, th- the people who don't want to understand, those are the people that I write off. Those are the people who they're yeah. like robots, they're zombies. You know, there is, do you think calling someone evil dehumanizes them? Is that what you, is that what you're afraid of? Uh, I guess so. Yeah. In some ways. Interesting. I don't, I don't view it that way. Just curious. Yeah. Like I think calling someone deplor, a deplorable dehumanizes them. I think calling someone parasites dehumanizes them. Well, parasites does. I would say, I don't think deplorable does. Cause it's, again, it's a, it's a judgment of their actions. Theoretically could be not when you're Hillary Clinton and you just blanket say, you know, half the country's deplorable, but uh, parasite, I mean, parasite is another organism. So it kind of, by definition, you're dehumanizing. If you say yeah. these people are cats or parasites or roaches or leeches, like, yeah, th- those are. It's it's literally the opposite of anthropomorphizing. It's like. <laughs> yes. Um, so, but I don't view that when I, when I say someone's evil. And again, I want to clarify, I'm not, um, I don't know the details of your relationship too much. So I don't, I'm not hundred percent certain, certain the right way to approach your relationship. That's up to you and, and her. Um, I'm making a general statement about when for people who don't know her, and, and I would argue based on what I know about her, you should seriously consider this people who, again, spend their their careers pushing evil ideologies They've earned the label evil, right? That's that's I, how you earn the that's how you earn the label. Otherwise, no label. There's no reason to have the label. I am but so we, happy I met her when I did, because if I hadn't met her and gotten to know her when I did, I would probably, if I met her today, approach her the way you are and just write her off. Well, I'm not approaching her. No, but I'm saying I would look at her. I would have the same opinion, and I would write her off completely. <laughs> I am grateful that I was able to meet her at the time and place I did in my life because this friend, because being friends with her is teaching me stuff now even. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I think we've really descended to, I'm watching the comments. Most people disagree with me, by the way, they agree with you, which is good. Um, I really, people will hate me for this. I think we've descended into moral relativism um, as a culture, and I think it's sad. Um, the where other cultures aren't like this. Like I, I had this conversation with 
uh, my wife, he's Chinese. And I, I said, oh, we're going to have this, this discussion. And she's like, well, what's to talk about? Like, well, <laughs> you call people evil. And she's like, well, you judge people based on their actions. If they're consistently evil, then they're evil. I'm like, yeah, that, that's, how, that's how it used to be. But it's not how it is anymore. People are afraid of conflict. Uh, people are afraid of looking like an asshole. People are afraid of being the one to say that someone's evil, unless you're there. So like the only people that aren't afraid of that, it, it's weird. The good people are afraid of you. Like all these people in our chat, like most, I don't know all of them all personally, but I know you. <laughs> the good people in the world are afraid to use, the, to label people evil. They're the ones who are like, oh, I don't know. That's a, because I think because I think you feel like, wow, I wouldn't want to be labeled evil. That's a well, no, let's be clear. There are some who I believe are evil. I mean, I can na I'll name a few. I think Michael Eric Dyson is evil. Like, I think, okay, I think, um, some of my former professional should be friends are evil. I will not name them because even though they, so they're journalists and stuff, they're not as famous as him. But, um, what's the difference between them and your other friend that we're talking about in terms of their actions? How do they act differently? And to earn the uh, their heart is different and their life, those people. Uh, so one of them in particular, she had no interest in understanding why my beliefs changed. Um, there was no heart there for me. Everything became cold. Once my beliefs changed there, there was no interest from her at all. She's completely shut down. She has no introspection. There's not one part of her that I can tell that think that ever wonders if she might be wrong about anything. Um, she's complete, a completely hardened ideologue. Um, and but your the, friend isn't. Your friend wonders whether she's right or not. Like I'm, I, I think just wanna, she does. Yeah, I don't know. I think she does. In fact, she's had some experiences she's recently. Yes, she's open to questioning, and I think that yeah. that's all the difference in the world. The 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 one who um, I'm thinking of as an example, who I would call evil, who's been consumed by evil. You know, her response to me was to. Uh, unfriend me and publicly on Twitter, call me a, a red pilled alt-right troll. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah. And to send her a uh, little woke male minions to me to like attack me or something. I don't know. Anyway, like that, she, that's a heartless person who's not introspective and who, you know, if, if this other friend, which she has, has shown an interest has shown um, you know, her heart to me is open to questioning herself, which I think she is like, that's all different. That's different. That's different. And they're both, are they both pushing the same ideology through their different types of work? Yes, but, but they're different people. And so I'm not, I'm not, I guess we do agree on some things. There are some people I'm willing to call evil, like who, who push this and sell this as a living. I think, um, I think the, the, famous like the academics who are like a uh, Robin DeAngelo you know um right. what's the dude I'm always picking on it I can't stand him Sean King like I think those people are evil <laughs> but I, I but I also don't know Sean King maybe if I knew him I'd be like I don't know I, I doubt it I think he's pretty rotten I think he's pretty rotten <laughs> I, so we're actually so I agree with you that there is a I'm trying to I'm trying to understand. I I agree with you. I think there is a relevant and important difference between people who refuse to 
have any self-criticism or question anything. And people who are even, so let's say two people who are both doing the exact same thing. Let's say two, two versions of your friend, one who is, uh, they're both, they're both doing the same thing. One who's kind of like you're saying she is open to questioning and maybe asking, like wondering, why do you think something different and blah, blah, blah. And the other one who's like, no, I'm not screw everyone. I'm not, I'm not going to bother thinking about it. I think there is a distinction to be made there. And I think it's important. And I, the distinction that I would make is I could see writing off the people who, if they're not going to even engage writing you like, then don't bother trying to engage with them. They're not, they're not engaging. So there's no, you can't save that class of people basically. Uh, if they're just, if they're not open to it. Um, but there's the class of people who are doing the same things, but maybe, maybe you could save them. Right. Um, I would say, I would say they both get judged for, for me. I would both, I would judge them both as evil based on their actions, but one as potentially redeemable. And so I'd be like, okay, well, this person's evil, but they don't have to be. They mean well, they're open to change. Like I'm going to go try and, and have a conversation with them. Cause I think, I think if they saw the truth of what was going on, they might change their mind and they might no longer be choosing evil on a regular basis. Uh, but I, I don't think it would prevent me from calling them evil just because I, I don't, I don't know. It's weird. I, I don't, I don't know I what think, the big deal is. I don't know. I what think the big deal if you is. think of them as that, I, I think if you think of them as that, it changes you in a way too. You're not going to be open to and be. You're not going to be a good friend who loves them well if you're thinking of them that way. If I thought of her as evil, I well, I'm not sure. So you and I have different uh, ideas of of loving people as well. Like so, I mean, I don't. Uh, someone, someone wrote like you know, uh, I don't know. Someone, I don't know who it was. Someone said something to me to the effect of like, love isn't transactional. You don't like do it for money. No, it's not. You don't, you don't do it for money, but, uh, and it's not purely transactional. Um, and there are different val there are different words for love. So I want to be clear. There's lots of like, there's general love for human kindness, humankind and blah, blah. There's lots of different versions of love. But when I'm talking about loving like a close friend or a partner or something like that, um, I, that love is earned through values, right? So it's not, you know, it's, they, they stand for things and, and behave in ways that I find admirable and virtuous. And that's what earns their, my friendship, right? That's, that's what earns my friendship. And does it mean if they ever falter, I write them off? No, because there's a history of, of uh, behavior and, and a shared, there's a shared value and shared history. And so like, maybe I help them through a hard time, but you know, if they, if they seriously shift and are consistently like, you know, they turn, I'm just to use a crazy example, like they turn into a rampant ax murderer. Well, at that point I say, you know, what, we're not friends anymore. Uh, and by the way, you're evil now. Um, so you, you know, if you want to come back, if you want to question your ax murderer ways, I'm open to having a conversation. If there's an opportunity there that opens up, but you know, okay. So I think we're using love differently because you're like, well, I love her. And I'm like, well, I don't know. To me, shared 
likes and dislikes and a lot, like all that stuff doesn't matter as much as shared values. I agree. And again, and again, I think she and I have some deep shared values. We just well, have where do your values. Where do your values uh, diverge? Because there must be some divergence. I mean, she's preaching a she's preaching an evil ideology, which I think no, you- I I think our values are the same. I think she has been convinced. Well, I know she's been convinced. She believes what I used to believe, which is that the way to combat racism is to. Now they wouldn't describe it this way. I didn't describe it this way then because I couldn't see it because of what they 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 change the definition of words. They try to control you. Like by the way, there was one quote I didn't read earlier that I wanted to read. Now since we're talking about words, it was. Um, and this is from a, I think this, I've read this in Colette from an author, David Miller Haskell. Beware of any person or group that redefines words so that they no longer align with facts, common uses, common sense, and common usage. And so people who are in that ideology have been told, well, racism doesn't mean what you, what, what it, what it means. Racism now requires societal power. And they, they, can, they make them go through all these mental gymnastics because otherwise, how could you get someone who's opposed to racism to push this? You have to convince them that it's not racist. You have to redefine racism. You have to manipulate and use their desire to end this something horrible to get them to sell the horrible thing. And that's what, so we diverge on how to end. Let's, let's just take the one, let's take racism. She and yeah, I diverge yeah. on how to end it. But I would say we have a shared why, which is that treating people differently because of race is wrong and it's bigoted and you shouldn't do that. However, in practice, does she preach doing that? Yes. Well, but I wait, do you have, so I, I my concern here is that, um, I don't know, like I'm partly coming around a little bit to your perspective, but like <laughs> I, 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 I'm not totally sure because I, I could be wrong. Look, by the way, I should have said this at the outset. I could have my own, we can all have our own psychological issues. Like I could have my own psychological issues that like, certainly there's shit in my life and childhood and everything. I could be like, you need to name evil. Cause there was a lot of evil that was not named for me in my past. So I, could, I could totally be reacting to shit. Um, you got to get that. No, you got it. My, my question about values is you say that you share values and one of your, the, let's just stick to racism, for exa- example. Um, you're both, you would both like to eradicate racism, but I'm not sure. I think you're using the same word, but it's, it's only the same phonetic sounds. It's not the same word. You actually think you share values. Maybe I'm asking you, do you think you share values, but in actuality, you just share the word racism is bad. Do you share that phrase, that sound out of your mouth? But those things mean different things to you. So you don't actually have shared values. You have shared phonetics. Uh, the mailman just came by. By the way, my dogs think the mailman is evil. Well, <laughs> so. the mailman is evil. I'm, I'm with your dogs on that. <laughs> God damn it. Um, so I, I would say, no, we do. We, I think you're wrong here. We do have the same. The words mean the same thing to us. So when you talk about racism with her and you say racism is not uh, bigotry plus power, it's just bigotry. She well, says, I, haven't, I haven't had that conversation with her, but. Um, well, then how do you know you share that value? Because, you brought this up. No, because, no, I know because I'm thinking of my old self. I used to believe what she believes. 
my opinion about racism didn't change on it being wrong. What changed was my idea on my my idea on what to do to end it. So, okay, so maybe we can just have, instead of having a conversation about your relationship with her, let's have a conversation about your relationship with your past self. So your past self, you're saying that you have not changed your definition of racism at all. Um, fundamentally, let me try to explain this the best way. I'm trying to figure out how to articulate this. They got me to accept the new definition for sure. That's how they got me to believe this wasn't racist. They got me to believe the whole racism requires, you know, group power and blah, blah, blah. They got me to buy the prejudice plus power thing. But the whole reason that I got there in the first place, the whole reason I even cared and they got my attention and they were able to use me is because I opposed racism, like actual just treating people differently because of race. Right. They, no, take, I, they take that originating intent and, and, and belief and value. They take that value and then they twist, they twist they the words. They the value with the corrupt value. Yes, they take your value and they corrupt it. So it's like, it's like an autoimmune disease, right? You're, they take what should be fighting to protect your system and they turn that cell into something that actually attacks your system instead of it actually does the opposite of what it's supposed to be. That's a great analogy. That's exactly what they do. Okay. So my argument here is you don't share values because the value isn't the word. The value is the function of the thing. Uh, a, 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 a cell that's behaving in a, let's use, uh, I don't know enough biology to use like a good autoimmune <laughs> like sarcoidosis, what's an autoimmune disease, AIDS, T cells, I don't know. But a cell that's behaving as, as an autoimmune cell on a rampage is not, is not the same function as a cell that's protecting the body. And you could say, well, we both believe in the cell, which is called a T cell. Yes, it is a T cell. You call, we both call it a T cell but you were duped into thinking that this other thing is a T cell and it's not. And so I would say you actually don't share values because your value has been supplanted with an alternate value and you didn't, you don't know it. You didn't notice but you're old, but, but, but you don't have the same value. No, but I did because how did I come out of it? That, that value there. Because someone showed you, no, but you realized that you were fooled when you realized they were different. That's when you started questioning coming out of it. But, but that my point is that value was still there. That's why that's why I ultimately rejected this ideology because I realized it was the exact opposite of what it claims to be. Because because at its base, I never stopped believing that racism was wrong. I never stopped believing that you shouldn't treat people differently on the basis of race. Well, but you functionally you did. Functionally like, I did. It's back but, to value. Like, well, I don't believe people are different. I just, it's, it's like, huh. this is, this is the difference between like this, this weird value discussion of like, well, deep, deep down. No, but it's I, true. The opposite of what I was doing. Like, who cares? We don't know. You never really know what's going on deep, deep down. And it, and it sounds to me more like, so you're, you're, you were fooled into, into flopping that value, switch that value through a sleight of hand. 
someone said racism and racism had a meaning for you. And you're like, yes, that's bad. Okay, good. We all agree. Racism, we fight against racism. And you and you were and you dropped what they let you do or encouraged you probably to do was drop the context or drop the tie of that term to reality. So you 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 didn't hold in your head in a very um, mature way what racism actually was as tied to reference in reality. You held it as an abstract that was too loosely tied to reality, which means severing it and replacing it with a different thing with the same name worked. And eventually you looked around and eventually I think re-derived kind of, you were like, wait a minute, if I actually try and tie this to reality, like it's not what I thought, I had an intuition about how it was tied to reality, but this thing goes against what I felt like it was tied to. And now that I see where it's tied, I need to reject this corrupt concept and return to the original concept of racism that I kind of loosely held, but now I hold more firmly. And I would argue now it will be impossible for someone to usurp your value of racism. They couldn't replace it now with a corrupt version. No, because it's it's something I've had to, I've actually thought about it for a long time. If you're, if you're rejecting programming, <laughs> you kind of have to come to grips with it. <laughs> like you have to think about it for a long time. Um, well, I just want to, in the chat real quick, people are actually really active in the chat. I don't know if you're looking at it. Yeah, somebody, no, it's great. I think, I think they mostly but I, I love it. So it's because I'm, I want to have this conversation. I, maybe I'm wrong. Um, somebody says, um, I think Dyson is an idiot, but even I couldn't call him a fundamentally evil person. Fern <laughs> <laughs> is saying by that logic, anyone that believes in a lie is evil. No, I didn't say that at all. Uh, I said, you're, you're judged not on what you believe, not on what you feel, not on what your soul is. Cause I don't even believe in a soul. You're judged on your actions. So you can do some evil actions once in a while. If you do evil actions once in a while, probably not fair to call you an evil person. If you do evil actions consistently over and over again and make them your career, mm, I think you're I think you're in the territory where it's okay to say you're evil. Um, and I think that's where that's the only we disagree because I'm using actions. And Lou points out it seems Carter's arguing actions speak louder than words, and Carrie is saying uh, I didn't know that those actions were counter to the value, therefore not evil. Uh, I guess you could say that, yeah. The actions I thought were good. Well, and this is what I started off with the quote while you were um, rebooting the Alexander um, Solzhenitsyn quote about like what's what is necessary for evildoers to do evil is a belief that they're doing good. And that's that's why this ideology scares me so much is because people do believe do believe that they're doing good and you can that's do awful, that, that awful quote, things. That quote, Carrie, is, is I mean, I would quote that. Yeah, it's a great. Which is slightly different than evil. So would you call her an evil doer, but not an evil person? Maybe, but I still, I, I don't. Okay, this is, I'm interested by this. Maybe, but I don't, I wouldn't, it's not important to me. Why would I call her that? Because she's my friend. So I believe her ideology is evil. I think that's better to talk, to focus on that than on her, than it is on her as, why is well, it important that I call her that? concept who's not your friend. Let's just someone like her. Would you call them an evil doer or... I mean, it, again, it depends. It's hard for me to answer that. In the third person, yeah. So you think that you can it only- It depends on the person. Know what's in their heart. Um, I think I think we can judge people and 
I mean, we do, we make judgments whether we want to or not about, I don't know Michael Eric Dyson. I don't know what's in his heart, but I think I do. And that I, I could be completely wrong, but, but yeah. when you do know people, then I think it's like, I know her, I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to say something I don't believe to be true. And I don't believe that she's evil. So why would I say that? Well, I've, you shouldn't say it if you don't believe it. I, mean, that's not I don't believe it. I'm not so, asking you to go around saying things you don't believe. I'm trying to get you um, to change. <laughs> um, wait, Fern has a good. Fern confident. Yeah, I, I, I want to I wanna say, I mean, people are in chat, but not everyone's in chat. So Fern says, but if you do evil actions thinking they're good because you were lied to about the state of reality, that's not evil. That's incompetence. And this is actually. Um, yeah. And by the way, I, I agree, Herman, like. Yes, yeah, so your objective, you don't call someone evil to try and save them. That's I, We have said that. I, I, I agree with that. It's, a, it's, a, it's not a good method. Um, so, but getting to what Fern said, uh, there might be a belief that I have. I need to think about this. There may be a belief that I have here that's uh, fundamentally different from yours and maybe a lot of people in the chats. Um, I don't think incompetence is evil, but I do think if you are acting, you have an obligation to have thoroughly thought through. You have an obligation to use your brain and have thoroughly thought through and not evade. And I think the people who think they're doing good, we are we recognize there's people who know they're doing evil, find their bad. People who think they're doing good, um, at some point, they are being driven by psychology and emotions. Not So you always have a choice. Your fundamental choice is think or not think. Something pops into your head about something, it's think or not think. It's shut it off or, or keep it on, right? Go deeper or not. Um, and, and obviously you can focus on different things, but there actually is something, I'll say, quote, I'll, I'll use the word sinful as an atheist. Uh, but I don't want to make it really bad. It's just a, it's a, there's a minor bad thing. The less you think, the worse of a person you are. And I'm not saying you need to be intelligent. I, using whatever apparatus you happen to have, the more you're willing to evade when those thoughts come up in your head, when you're challenged with something, the more you choose the way I feel, I'm going to go with the way I feel and stop thinking about this thing instead of doing the uncomfortable thing, which is think harder about it, the more you choose that path, the worse of a person you are. I think that your human's primary tool of survival is their rational mind. And if you choose to evade over and over again, consistently, because why? Yeah, it gets easier and easier to evade and harder and harder to think the more you do it. And obviously the more you think, the easier it gets. But when you are confronted with stuff, we're all confronted with truths and reality and things that bother us viscerally that like for whatever reason, um, we have an emotional reaction to. And when you choose to, to ignore that and evade it, to use Christian terminology, that's a sin. You are, you are failing to be human because what makes you human is your rational capacity and you're, you're abdicating your responsibility to think about the thing that came into your head. Obviously you can't think about everything all the time. You need to prioritize things. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you, you know, sit around like a computer 
going 100% all the time, need to prioritize and you got a lot of needs in your life. But I'm those, those moments when we think about, you know, choosing a career is something that you've thought about, presumably. <laughs> so, and choosing your belief system, those are things that are worth thinking about pretty deeply. You can be forgiven for not thinking about how much you really want Cheerios versus Rice Krispies for breakfast, because that's not very important. But mm, when you're starting to like, I'm going to, I'm going to tackle this issue of racism or whatever, your obligation is to think. And you have, as a human, you've got power. You've got a rational apparatus. You've got the ability to influence other people. Um, and so if you are not driving that vehicle that you operate consciously, that's negligence. It's worse than incompetence. It's negligence. And there is something wrong with negligence. I'm not saying that makes you evil. I'm just, I'm trying to pull a thread there that that Fern, I think, unintentionally brought up. I do think there's a difference between how I view this and how maybe a lot of people in the chat and you view it. Hmm. No, I, I, I tend to, I think I agree with most of what you just said, but um, somebody's asking, do I have people that, do any of my friends lean left? Wait, which question are you asking? Well, I was, I was scrolling up earlier, actually. Somebody asked if my, the friend we've been talking about is religious or not. No, she's not. I mean, I think she's religious in that I believe SJW ideology is a religion. She's, right. she follows it religiously, but no, she's not. Um, she would she, call herself an atheist. She would probably call herself atheist or agnostic, I think. Um, and then there was another question about like, when I believed what I, I can't find it now, but when I believed what I used to believe, did I do evil things? Was I therefore evil or just misled? I can't find that quote or that question. Um, but yes, I, I pushed what I believe now to be an evil ideology. I was pushing my ideology and I, I think that's evil. And I did other evil things and I, <laughs> um, I don't, however, think I was an evil person. I think I was I was operating with um, a faulty roadmap. I think I'd been sold this bill of goods. This this the, that that the belief system took what I believed to be true and what I I thought I was doing. It convinced me I was. It, it convinced me to do the opposite of what I wanted to do. It convinced me that doing the opposite of what I wanted to do was doing what I wanted to do. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no. And, and, and I want to, I want to say something though, the moral responsibility does lie with the person who convinced you of that. Like I'm not without taking that away, right. That this did happen to you. I'm, I'm agreeing. Yes. You were given a bad roadmap. It, that thing did happen to you. What I don't like about your statement is it lacks moral agency. It what didn't, do you mean? You're not a passive. You're not a. You're not a passive cup that someone filled with the wrong liquid. Oh, I don't believe I am. You had agency. I did. And you failed your responsibility to vet the map that you were given. I did. I don't disagree. Right, and I just I want to be clear because I I. I think it sometimes sounds like you're just like, wow, these people are just mistaken. Oops, it's not their fault. It partly is not their fault. Yes, there's a there's a bunch of people who actually like your friend pushed it on them probably when they were young. But it is also their fault. It is also your responsibility. I've been wrong about things before. I've had bad belief systems in the past. I've made mistakes. I'm probably some shit that I've been saying in the last year 
is wrong. And five years from now, I'll be like, oh, I can't believe I said that. I was so wrong. We all make mistakes. Well, we don't disagree on this. But it's still, it's our responsibility. And I wouldn't say, well, I had a bad roadmap. So. I would. (laughs) I don't disagree with you on any of that, but I did have a bad roadmap. And right, but I, that would be, but that that doesn't excuse me from my responsibility. I don't think it does. Right. right. Okay. Um. By the way, so wait, hold on. Uh. Someone want someone someone I I want to talk about this because it is relevant. You live in far left, says Carter. You live in far left San Francisco. Are all those people evil or just wrong? Do you have any friends that lean left? Well, first of all, um, all of the people here are not social justice warriors. I think, young man, there's some people in the chat who live in San Francisco. <laughs> um, but so uh, they just they just hide it. Um, are they evil or are they wrong? I would say, well, I would say the ones who are, if you've chosen to take action consistently to push the ideology, then you have a moral responsibility to have thoroughly vetted the ideology to the best of your ability. And that should have uncovered some things. Like when Carrie vetted it, she uncovered like, ooh, that's not racism. (laughs) Racism is the other thing. Um, And so if you failed in that task, uh, it's not incompetence, it's negligence. And it elevates your, it's, it's elevated to gross negligence, which makes you morally responsible for that. So I would say, yeah, if they're pushing the, if they're pushing evil ideology, as a regular career type thing all the time, not just if they like make a comment off the cuff to someone or whatever, cause you know, they don't think about it much and they got a real job and they're busy. But if that's what their chosen career, yeah, I would say that makes them evil because you know, it's like saying, um, I'm gonna think of another Godwin law example that I, I can, I can trigger some Hitler talk. Um, you know, it's like saying, well, uh, I didn't realize that the gas was deadly. I was just, you know, turning the valve. Yeah, uh, okay, but your job was to turn the valve and and you probably should have asked like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, what's what's happening here? What is this that I'm doing? Um, and obviously that's a much more simple answer to derive, but th- then, then pushing social justice ideology, that's more complex. But um, in the answer to, do I have any friends that lean left? I don't even know what left and right means. All of my close friends are limited government people. Um, they have there's varying degrees of limited government people. I do not have any friends who are busybodies who think that everything should be centrally planned and people should be, you know, uh, forced to do a bunch of stuff. I've got a couple of acquaintances who think that way, but they're not really friends. I res- one of them I respect a lot. He's brilliant, extremely intelligent guy, but he focuses on tech and he, you know, and he. You know, he's just have I I haven't really tried to save him. He's like an acquaintance. I see him once in a while. I love talking to the guy. Um, is he a friend? Not really, uh, because when they come for my guns or to throw me in jail for hate speech, he'll probably he'll probably support that. So I think that pretty much makes him not my friend. There is this argument that I really like, which is the uh, the against me argument, and I've heard it. I've heard it from Stefan Molyneux, but I, I heard it prior to Stefan Molyneux, so I don't know where it originated. But, um, you know, when people push stuff, 
people, your so-called friends push things. It, it, sometimes it's helpful to just say like, well, would you do that against me? All right? Again, is that, oh, you think all people should do X, Y, Z? Well, what about me? Should I be thrown in jail if I do that? Would you shoot me if I do those things? Should I pay reparations? Right? Should if I don't what if I don't pay reparations, should I be locked up? Should my daughter be locked up? Should she be told she's evil? Yeah. What about us? What about the people you know? Um, and I think that's helpful. And I think if you if you're the kind of person who asks those questions, and I do, it's very difficult to be people with be friends with people who are like, Oh yeah, yeah, you should totally get shot. I'm like, all right, I don't. The fact that you also like Stranger Things isn't enough to keep us uh, <laughs> like. I've got I got shit to do. I don't need a lot of friends. I like a few very close friends. That's the kind of person I am. And so a quick whatever. a quick word on friendship. So again, to come back to this book, we should definitely add this book to book club. By the way, um, he talks about three types of friends in Love Your Enemies. Th- three types of friendships that, and he I think he t- takes all of this from Aristotle, but. Um, the, the first type is transactional. It's like the type of friendship where you're both getting something from the relationship. Like it, like you're friends with your UPS guy at work because right. he delivers your packages for you. And he, he's friends with you because, you know, you're giving him a job that whatever those are transactional. And if the, if the working relationship went away, you may not be friends anymore. And you don't really know much about this person, usually the transactional friendships. Um, and so when, when things change, you, they're not the type of friend that you have like deep and meaningful conversations with usually. Um, I don't even call that a friend just to be clear. Like I, I call that like an acquaintance or whatever. Yeah. So transactional friendships or acquaintances. Um, the other one he talked about is like pleasurable friendships, which is, which is a friendship where you derive some type of pleasure from like your friend, Mary is really fun to be around and she makes you laugh a lot. And so you're getting pleasure from being in her presence and with a a pleasure type friendship, it may or may not, there may or may not be transactional things, but you are, you enjoy being around her and you typically with pleasure type friendships also don't get very deep because you, you'd be afraid that if you guys disagreed on something too big, that you wouldn't be friends anymore and you wouldn't get the benefit of her company anymore. So the third type he talks about is like the perfect friendship. And that's a, that's, he gives a great um, illustration in the book of um, Cornell West, who is very progressive left. Yeah. I know Cornell West. Actually really likes. You mentioned that I know. Yeah. We mentioned someone, you know, actually really like Cornell, a lot of what Cornell West says. I agree with him a lot believe it or not. Um, so Cornell West and how he's, um, he's really good friends with this other professor, uh, Robert, Robbie George, and they couldn't be more diametrically opposed in terms of ideology, but they are best friends. And if you hear them talk about each other, they talk about how much they love each other and how they're like brothers because they have a shared value. And that value is truth and inquiry and trying to get to the truth of the matter and having students modeling a friendship for students. You can see like, so students can see how it's possible to passionately disagree with someone and not and not um, dehumanize them, I guess. And so he, this is just let me read this part where he says the highest form of friendship, the perfect friendship in Aristotle's telling is one based on willing the good of the other and a shared sense of what is virtuous and true. So you would be like alike in virtue. So this is kind of what you and I were talking about, shared values or whatever. And, yes. and, um, he goes on to say like, so, so most of my perfect friends like you, it's very obvious that we have shared virtues and values. Um, having a perfect friend, like, like the friend we've been talking about who disagrees with me 
on almost everything. Having a perfect friend like her, who I do believe we're like in virtues um, or, or shared idea of what's virtuous, um, is healthy, not is healthy for me. It's not just about like, hey, maybe one day she'll come around. It's healthy for me because then I get to practice disagreement with someone who I love and who loves me. I get to practice disagreement with someone and I get, and it also keeps me from becoming like that. What the quote I became obsessed with for a while when I was just starting to leave SJW ideology was the quote, the Nietzsche quote about um, be careful fighting monsters, lest you also become a monster because everything I was looking at in my belief system was like, Whoa, like, you know, what woke me up was seeing what friggin' monsters people on my side had become and in the pursuit of monsters, right? Like they think they're slaying racism and sexism and they don't even realize they are the racists and sexes, right? And so I don't want to do that. I don't want to become a monster just over here this time. I don't want to become a person who's like making judge value judgments without getting the facts or without like, I don't, she having a friend like her helps me in a way to empathize with and to not forget that I used to believe what's what she believes. And, and sometimes I have a tendency to do that. And so I, this is good for me and healthy for me. And it keeps me from becoming a monster. That's my view on it. Like I, I, I don't want to get to the place where I believe everyone who believes what I used to believe is like the, the one I called evil is like the one who has no part of her mind open for introspection. And it's just a judgmental cunt. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Just say yeah, no, no. like, so go ahead. Are you done or no? I don't want to interrupt you. No, I just, um, I was, I'm laughing because I, I said I would never say that word again, but then I, I felt like it's really appropriate. <laughs> you shared the thing with me that is, uh, you know who you know who gets upset by the word cunt? Cunts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I find that so funny. That's great. Um, <laughs> I wanted to tell you this Hitler joke earlier. I don't remember who said this joke, but uh, in Hitler's defense, he did kill Hitler. Right, yeah, no, I've heard that. <laughs> I don't know who said that. But it's yeah, he did kill Hitler. Um, <laughs> Hitler. So the second tier of friends that you mentioned, I this is maybe my own dysfunction. People can you know, armchair psychologize me all day if they want now. Um, that second tier of friends, I just don't have. I, I don't have any. I don't have any, like, pleasure friends. If I, I'm, I, I abhor small talk. I don't like small talk. So if I can't go deep with someone, I just turned out it's a waste of my time. So I don't, I don't care. I don't want to, I don't want to have those friends. Um, I've never had those. I've never been the kind of person that can maintain friendships on that level. Um, and I just, I'm uninterested in it. Um, on the, I guess what Aristotle was calling the perfect friendship level. Uh, I, I do, I, I do agree with Aristotle's, uh, definition at least, uh, broadly. And the difference here, Carrie, is virtues for, for me, uh, virtue is measured by actions. And this is, getting back to what Lou said in chat, virtue is, is measured by actions, not by intent, not by their heart, not by their feelings. It's measured by their behavior. And obviously someone that I've been really good friends with, it does an action for a while. And then they have, they do something that's a bad action. You know, obviously I'm not going to write them off. I'm going to confront them about it and have a discussion about the action. And maybe we'll disagree. Like you and I don't agree on everything, but we agree on 
a substantial portion of, of what's important virtue wise. Right. Um, and I have people in my life with whom I agree more than you. Um, but I don't have a lot of people. I don't have anyone who is just like, you know, we like to watch stranger things together or soccer together or whatever. And, but we, you know, and, and I, I actually don't like the Cornell West thing you talked about reminds me also of, uh, who, what was the conservative and liberal uh, pundits? They were married. Oh uh, yeah. Um, was his name? James, uh, Jim Carville. Carville. Yeah. And his wife, I don't remember who his wife was. Mrs. Uh, Carville. I'm kidding. That's people are going to hate that. <laughs> um, I don't think that makes any sense because I think if you take, if you take your ideas seriously, ideas aren't just something. So this is the problem. This is why, this is why I don't like the, the uh, James Carville thing. And I don't like the Cornell West thing because I think people who have, and I'm, I'm not talking about you and your friend, you're not married to her. Right. But if you're building a life with someone or you're like best, best friends with someone, if you take your ideas seriously, you can't actually, you can't marry them. You can't, you can't, you can't have children with someone who you think is fundamentally propagating an evil ideology on the world. It I just, agree with that. And, and if, if you do, it means you don't take your ideas seriously. So I don't think James Carville or his wife, whatever her name was, Mrs. Carville, I don't think they took their ideas seriously. I think they're just mouthing off as a career. And I think the same is probably true of Cornell West and the other professor. They get paid to just speak about it and blah, blah, blah. Let's go argue about philosophy. And actually none of it really matters because fuck it. We're all nihilists and we're going to go out for a drink later anyway, or whatever it is, right? Um, there's, a, there's a discounting of, of the importance of philosophy and, it's, and, and therefore the importance of morality. And, you know, we can get, we can get, uh, we, we can, I guess, we can end this soon, I guess. So I don't think you and I are going to can agree. Yeah. Uh, but wait, people on the left tend to exile family members or Trump's personally be supporters are evil. People on the right tend to not do that. According to the New York times, it sounds like he wants to engage in that behavior, Carter. Um, I don't, I mean, family, if you want to exile family members, go ahead, but probably not for who they voted for. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say I kind of do. I'm not in a cult. Like, I don't think you should, divorce yourself from everyone in your life who doesn't agree with you. But again, the small segment of the population that is actively pushing an evil ideology. Yeah. You should exile them. I, I am saying that maybe. Yeah, a bunch of I, me, I don't but, agree. Yeah. Um, you know, you shouldn't condone them. You should, you should get rid of them. Um, you shouldn't help them. They should have, they should not have your support. Um, if, if they're, if they are again, if they're actively pushing this stuff, um, and Carrie, maybe you would agree if they're act if you would if they fall into your evil category, maybe you would agree. But you have this other category of like, well, these people aren't evil because they don't they mean well, right? And so that's where we disagree. It's just that little band of of people, right? Um, so, and you know, with with family or like long long friendships, there's other things that come to play. So you have to balance everything out. Um, but I don't know if my dad were. Uh, if my dad or my mom or, or my sister was, uh, I don't know, AOC or someone like, yeah, I, I wouldn't go to Thanksgiving with them. Absolutely. 
Oh, you see, you'd have, a, I think you kind of have a responsibility to some, sometimes like it just depends. Like I, I, I friend, by the way, uh, Westy Ford, I am an exhausting friend <laughs> and I'm an exhausting, uh, but I also leave them alone. I'm also like the kind of person who never makes first contact. So like we talk once in a while, but yeah, I am. But my friends, my friends are as exhausting as me on these issues. Like this is how they think there are other people like me and I would argue we're the people who have not bought into the moral relativism that most of the people, I'm not trying to diss our chat people. I love our, our people, but like, I think, I think a lot of you still have a lot of moral relativism in you. And I don't, and I think it's because you grew up in this culture where we've just been like, don't have conflict. Everything's okay. One person's truth is a different person's lie. And that's, that's good for him, but not good for them. There, there is objective truth. There is objective morality. And I think moral relativism is very dangerous. And so, um, Carrie disagrees with me. That's okay. No, I I agree. It is dangerous. But in this case, it's actually, it's funny because in Arthur Brooks' book, Love Your Enemies, he talks about this, how he's always been the person arguing against moral relativism, but then a crazy thing happened in 2016 where suddenly everybody became a moralist. And he's like, you've got, you've got people on one side calling the other side evil and people on that side calling the other side evil. And suddenly they're all, everyone's like, has has become all about they get to decide who who's moral and so he 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 says he feels I, i'm trying to find that part but anyway he talks about how it's weird to feel like he's put in the position of moral relativist now because what he's trying to do is bring people together by helping them discover their shared lies so i, well, I, I think you're agree oh you're, you're seeing like i would argue argue carry both are true i would argue that there are there is a abhorrent moral relativism where we're afraid to call out actual evil um and uh because people like the feeling of being able to condemn <laughs> right uh we then we then turn around and do it for reasons that are irrelevant and, and shouldn't be you shouldn't call people like i don't call anyone who voted for anyone i don't like evil by virtue of the fact that they pulled the wrong lever right like, they are not evil for vote they may be evil and have voted that way you know, coincidentally or, or because they're evil, but they're not who they voted for. I'm not going to be like, they're an evil person because they voted for Hillary Clinton or they voted for Trump or whatever. Like, but that, that is a pent up desire to, to have some sort of like moral standards because we don't have any. And that's like, aha, moral standards. I can appear moral. I'm going to condemn the deplorables. Right. But that's, that's just as bad as moral relativism. That's not condemning the actual evil people. And so what I'm arguing for is, is, is stop doing both, like start condemning the actual evil people and stop condemning all the people that aren't actually evil. They're just, they just disagree. They may be wrong. Here's, this is the chapter I was looking for. It's chapter four. How can I love my enemies if they are immoral? Yeah, well, that's a religious thing. Cause I would say you don't need to love your enemies if they're immoral. Uh, you don't need to love your enemies. You need to treat them with benevolence and the respect of human beings, but love is a strong word. And actually the whole Bible thing there, there's like, I don't remember uh, back, back in the day, I remembered, but like, there's like 14 different words for the word love or something like when you go, I have a concordance of the Bible sitting behind me on the shelf. Uh, like if you look up those passages, a lot of times there's like romantic love and this kind of love and love, love that just means respect and whatever. So it's, uh, I always get bothered in, in when people like quote the Bible in, in English and use the word love. And then like, it's tied to 
all these other things for us as English speakers. And it's, that's not what was written. Um, not that I'm Christian, but that's not what was written. Uh, it's a specific. What's not? That the word love, I don't know that particular passage, but that word love has a precise meaning. It doesn't mean love. It doesn't mean love in the way that we use the word love. We use the word love to mean, I love pizza. I love my wife. I love arguing. I love my friends. I like. Oh, I don't think it means the same as I love pizza. It's an action. My point is, we don't. What? It's an action. Love, love in this case is an action. Loving your neighbor right. is an action. It's it's not like, and and actually, loving people you don't like, is, I think what we're called to do. It's easy to love people that you like. Well, and again, this is why I think I think the English language fails us here because it's bothersome to not, especially non-Christians, perhaps, maybe Christians are more used to the word love being uh, overloaded. But I would say you don't have to love people you don't like. You don't have to love people who are your enemies. You do have to treat them with benevolence and respect and kind of like, and, and if those actions, if treating them in that way is something that Christians want to call love because the Bible verse translates into the word love because English doesn't have enough words to distinguish, fine, but the, the, the distinction is important to me because I think a lot of people don't get the distinction and it is important. You're not called upon, even if you're religious, you're not called upon to like be in love with your enemies and like that I don't think you can look up, look it up, but I don't think that's what's meant. I think we are. <laughs> okay, we, yeah, we should wrap this up. We've all, we are almost two hours in. Um, Thank you guys so much for being so active and giving us good questions and yeah, stuff this is in the fun. chat. Yeah. And Fern, I yeah. think you, I think you would really like this book in particular based on some of the stuff you're writing. And all of yeah. you, Westy as well. Yeah, Westy great gradations. And by the way, a lot of the a lot of the people that disagreed with me, I, your comments were insightful and great and like it, it it was good. I want to have this discussion. I'm actually not done thinking about it, but um And you're I, all evil. Yeah, you're all evil. Uh, I do want to point out, I do want to fight moral relativism because it is, I think it's pernicious. So uh, that's where I'm coming from. But yeah, I appreciate I appreciate the chats. Uh, it's good. And Carrie, uh, later today, just remind people, speaking of, of morality, we had a great conversation with Dr. Rachel Brown. She's friends with Milo. She's a professor of uh, medieval history at the University, University of Chicago. We're gonna, I'm going to post it later today. Um, she, uh, she got me rethinking about um, the, the seeds of Western civilization, which is something I care about a lot, which was awesome. She's got me totally rethinking that. She actually has me appreciating Christian culture a lot more, which is great. Um, and uh, I want to read and do a lot more there. So it was an awesome conversation. Um, she did quote, I'm going to end on something, Carrie, that I think supports your side, at least from the Christian perspective, uh, because it's, it's something that Rachel brought up, Dr. Brown brought up in the, in the thing. She says um, she talked about Christians in, in medieval times actually um, being able to empathize with and understand. He talks about uh, Bartolome de la Casas, who argued for the inherent goodness of Native American religions. And he argued that even though these Native American religions included human sacrifice and cannibalism, 
Its basic argument was, yes, but they don't know any better. So they're virtuous by the best of their own standards and their own ability. And so he was arguing that actually it, it, they're ignorant. They're not bad. They're virtuous as, as best they can. They haven't been taught the Bible yet. That was his, um, that was his perspective. I don't necessarily agree, but it's a good, uh, it's someone that agrees with you, Carrie. And it was, it's a, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I agree with that person. <laughs> oh no. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Harry likes cannibalism. End of conversation. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, fair enough. Bye, everyone. Thank you for joining. Um, I'll post that video later. Don't forget what next week, next, uh, what, Wednesday and Thursday, we're doing our um, live viewing party for the, the Democratic debates. So, all right. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.